0: Support for Elwood City Limits is brought to you by Facebook. Facebook.com slash Elwood City Limits. Twitter. At ECL Podcast. Tumblr. com, And Gmail. ElwoodCityLimits at com. And from listeners like you. Thank you. And my free
1: time. Gotta get that in there.
0: What a season. What a season, Will. That's right. It's been a long road Getting from there to here It's been a long time I don't remember the rest of that. I don't don't know it at all. From Star Trek Enterprise, the theme to Star Trek Enterprise. (laughs) It's been a long road My time has come (laughs) I'm finally here I got faith
1: Season's over. Yeah. Pack it up,
0: boys. (laughs) Uh, That's
1: right. We have come to the end of the first season of Arthur, the PBS children's show. And that means it's the end of the first season of Elwood City Limits, the episodic Arthur podcast.
0: Haters said we'd never make it. Well... They look foolish today, because here we
1: are. Boy, don't they. Uh, Hello, this is Will Young, the host of Elwood City Limits, and uh, joining me is Lucas Mancini on this humid Thursday. Oh my goodness, humid Thursday indeed. Feels like everything is sweating. (laughs) Thanks a lot for joining us. That's right, it is episode 30 of the first season of Arthur, and we are celebrating the end of the first season, in fact, the longest season of them all. We're going to get into some facts uh, near the end of the show. Uh, but before we get into facts, let's get into a f- couple of emails that we received this week. Elwood City Limits at Gmail.com. The first one comes to us from Jen. She says, hi, guys. I wrote a couple of weeks ago, but I don't know if my message went through. I just finished the two most recent episodes and wanted to share a few thoughts. Jen, I emailed you back. We read your email on the air. Thank you for sending it. It was a good one. First, thank you for your podcast. I'm a college student who is far away from home. I get nervous when traveling alone, so having you guys to listen to on the plane has been very helpful over spring break. Our plane got delayed for an hour while we were already on board, so I was very thankful I had some of your episodes in the backlog. We got you covered.
0: Hey, and be even more thankful you didn't get dragged off the plane. Mm, Depending on what's going on in the news lately.
1: That's right on the end of being topical. (laughs) That's the thing that happened in 2017.
0: One is settlement today,
1: so it's still in the news. Oh, yeah. Good good, for him. Good for him. Uh, I remember watching Arthur a lot as a kid. Hey, so do we. That and Between the Lions were two of my favorites, (laughs) and probably the reason I love to read so much. You know, it's getting to the point where maybe. Or maybe for April Fool's 2018, we'll have to do an episode of Between Ew. the Lions. We'll have to see. Uh, a while back, you guys were talking about Muffy having a cell phone in third grade. Yes, we were. I just wanted to chime in here. Currently, I'm 20 years old and a freshman in college. I was in third grade, early 2000s. <laughs> I'm so old. I had a cell phone in third grade, and I remember that all the other moms used to give my mom flack for it. But the reason I had it was because earlier in the year, I got on the wrong school bus and was lost for six hours with no way of contacting my mother. I bring this up because Muffy seems pretty sheltered. I wouldn't be surprised if she had a cell phone because she she too was bad at directions and being on her own. Okay, so possible.
0: Two things, though. Yep. That was the early 2000s. Muffy had a cell phone in the 90s. Mm. Paul E. Dangerously style. This is before like flip phones. Were this is in. this is when cell phones. You'd have to take out a loan to be able to purchase one of those big old cell phones. <laughs> also, speaking of being lost on a bus for six hours, I think there's an Arthur episode that tackles that subject matter later on. You don't? Oh yeah,
1: so there is. Uh, Anyway, finals are coming up, and I'm looking forward to your podcast. It would be super cool if you could read this on the air. I think we could do that. Can't (laughs) wait for more. My friends and I have been very excited about starting up an Arthur drinking game as we watch the episodes each week with your podcast. Have a great day, Jen. Jen, when you guys figure that out, email it, because I'm all about drinking games. I'd love
0: to hear those rules.
1: I like drinking a lot. (laughs) Uh, not like every day, on special occasions. On a weekend, when I have a lot of money, I will go and buy alcohol to consume. And not on my own. It's kind of sad when you're on your own. Arthur drinking game, give me them rules. Speaking of games, we have another email from Josias. What's up, Will and Lucas? Josias here again. I wanted to ask if you guys have played any of the Arthur video games that have come out over the years. I personally remember coming over to a friend's house to play Arthur's thinking games. Oh, going from drinking games to thinking games. There you go. Which was a collection of mini games, but the only parts I can actually remember playing are the quiz show with Mr. Ratburn and something where you could make Arthur dance. I never owned my own Arthur game, but I did have a lot of edutainment PC games, mostly because my mom would find them at thrift stores for a dollar.
0: Math Blaster, holler at me.
1: (laughs) For this reason, I ended up playing a lot of Putt-Putt and Freddy Fish. Have you guys played any of the Arthur games? If not, do you have any fond memories of edutainment games in general? Thanks for the great show. Josiah's from New Jersey. Please go on.
0: Full stop. Freddy Fish ain't edutainment. That's a real adventure game. There's nothing like that's entertainment, let me tell you. Freddy Fish 3 uh and his close cousin, the illustrious Pajama Sam series. Oh, Pajama Sam. The greatest games of all time. So
1: when chapters, which is uh what would be the American equivalent? What would be the uh, American Equivalent uh queens?
0: um Barnes and Noble.
1: Okay, so when the Canadian equivalent of Barnes and Noble opened in the later 90s. Uh, my mother and I used to go there every now and again, and I was like, you know, seven or eight years old, and I would love playing the computer games that they had there. One of them was Pajama Sam. No need to hide when it's dark outside. I want. That I wanted, the, That's a, the first one. First I think. One. Yeah. I wanted to play it so bad, but I never got the chance. And I remember, I think we. Bought it, and then couldn't install it for some reason, and I cried. Ooh, savage. Yeah, I cried. I all really those games are game.
0: on Steam now, so if you ever yes. wanted to catch up, you could play all three.
1: And and the Wii. What? Yeah, the first Pajama Sam game was on the Wii, maybe the second one.
0: Weird. That game's like pixel art, so I wonder how those look <laughs> on, like, a Wii.
1: Well, nothing really looks great on the Wii. But, uh. Uh, yeah, no, uh, as for edutainment, that's about as close as I got to it. Um... Never played any of the Arthur games myself.
0: I never played any of the Arthur games either. I don't think I even knew there was Arthur games, but I played a ton of edutainment computer games when I was a kid. That was Mm -hmm. like my favorite thing to do. From Math Blaster, there was one with a rabbit. I forget what that series was called. Oh, yeah. Uh, And there was a couple installments of that one. I always wanted to
1: play Sonic Schoolhouse. That was something I would see at Staples all the time. Does that
0: feature one Sonic the Son- Hedgehog. Son- Sonic the Hedgehog. That sounds awesome. Mm. Time learn your times tables. How many chili dogs can you feed Sonic? Or
1: Mario teaches typing.
0: Oh yikes! That's significantly less awesome. Uh, Mario's missing with Luigi. Luigi's got to find Mario. Instructions. And it's like a <laughs> a car in San Diego. But like sure. all those old games. Even Oregon Trail, which I didn't play as much as some people, because it's a little bit before my I didn't, time. I didn't play it at all. Uh, I I loved loved edutainment games back in the day.
1: Carmen so. Sandiego. I hope she
0: has lots of spaghetti.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, so bringing
0: Carmen Sandiego back, a eh? Netflix original so, series.
1: So I saw. Uh, if you want to check out more about Arthur games, I will personally recommend uh, two YouTubers for you. Uh, Peanut Butter Gamer did a series. Had, does. Uh, occasional videos on Arthur edutainment games, which is how I found out about them. And uh, Brutal Moose has done edutainment games as well. Does them on the regular. They're both uh, pretty funny. I think you'd like them. Uh, Yeah, so thank you both for the emails. ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com Let's get into the final episode of uh, Season 1. It is starting off with Arthur's first sleepover. So it's Arthur, the Brain, and Buster on their First sleepover.
0: Boys night.
1: Boys night. They are outside in the cold open, and Brain starts it off by saying, little kids couldn't camp out like us. And then Buster says, they'd be too scared. (laughs) immediately scared. The,
0: the boys are already getting rowdy.
1: That's right. So we, so they go into what kind of scared them as little kids, even though like, you're still little kids, you're eight years old. But little, like, toddlers, I guess. So Arthur was very afraid of the dark. Which is a
0: totally a natural fear.
1: So say we all. Buster was afraid of Binky Barnes, as well as the dark. And so these are, these all have little cutaways. Arthur's is kind of like imagining figures in the dark and stuff like that. Buster's is it cuts away to an extreme extreme. extreme close-up of Binky as he's presumably advancing on Buster, but instead he looks like Frankenstein's monster. He's got the classic flat-top haircut and the bolts in his neck, and like the kind of scarring on the face, and he just comes up to presumably Buster in the first person and says, I'd really like a piece of that cookie. (laughs) Please. He's awful polite for a monster of Buster's nightmares. Mm.
0: Well, I mean, no matter what, if you're taking food away from Buster, it's the scariest nightmare mm-hmm. of all.
1: And then Buster follows it up with, well, I'm not scared of the dark anymore. So <laughs> I thought that was a good one. And finally, Brain was afraid of an old movie, and this this uh, this was a chiller. He was afraid of an old movie in the Arthur universe called Navy versus the Nightworm. Seems like an
0: MST3K film or something. It
1: kind of does, but the way that they portray it, it's like... Uh, it's a cutaway to this woman and this man cowering and there's this giant worm that's dripping green slime and menacing them and making this weird noise and it's a little nightmarish for kid's show.
0: Well, it's also just kind of weird because it's like, what's that movie where the, the guy in the Navy uniform carries that woman off at the end? It's like a really famous... An officer
1: and a gentleman? Yeah,
0: it's like the, it's like an officer and a gentleman ended and they walked out of that factory and then that worm was chilling on the outside. Like, that's how the dude's dressed.
1: An officer and the night worm.
0: <laughs> I'd watch that.
1: that. Sure. And then they, Arthur and Buster kind of laugh at Brain like, you were scared of that? And then they get scared of a worm on the lantern. And then that that leads us into the episode proper, which is Arthur getting ready for his first sleepover. So he's putting up the tent, as we find out, days before he really needs to, because he is pumped up about it. Uh So Pal, as, as he, Arthur's kind of going inside the tent while it's down to kind of put it up, and Pal gets under there, and then he kind of starts wrestling with Pal to try and get him out of there. Mom comes outside, and all she sees is this... this. um this humanoid figure under the tent doing something. <laughs> I, I I I'm not gonna cast dispersions here. We know what Arthur's doing, but it certainly looks like Something else is happening. I'll let you. I, I did the blanks, not kids. pick up on
0: this whatsoever. I must have not have been paying too close of attention. At this it can point. be construed as perhaps a little
1: suggestive, but I'm going to move on from that. As they're at breakfast that day, Mom says your sleepover isn't until Saturday, so they go and have breakfast. And Dad is reading the National Observer at the table. What,
0: I wonder what's up with Vampire Boy. How's <laughs> Vampire Boy doing?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It seems to be that kind of rag, except localized, so more like. Uh, well, this is ex- this is incredibly regional, but Frank Magazine. Oh my goodness! Which, uh,
0: what's a good? Uh, it's it, a,
1: a, a localized tabloid. Yeah, because there's a, specifically a, uh, uh, a headline about Elwood City. He says a farmer claims he saw a spaceship over Elwood City.
0: So something weird's been happening. The more we do this show, the more real life starts to mirror things we talk about on episodes of Arthur. Mm-hmm. And today it came to it was sort of. That coming to a head because I saw a headline in our local newspaper yes. about people in our area spotting a UFO, mm-hmm. and I said, oh my goodness, Arthur is bleeding out into my reality, and there's <laughs> nothing I can do to stop it. Uh, this immediately
1: captures the uh, the imagination of DW in a way that she is a little bit horrified, but a little bit interested, and that'll be a kind of through line throughout the episode. Uh, cut over to Arthur and his friends with the addition of Francine and Muffy. They're all kind of talking about the spaceship and playing Frisbee and all that sort of thing. Buster seems a little bit perturbed, a little bit disturbed, and you're thinking that maybe he's going to you know, say something about the aliens, but... No, actually, he's sad because his mother said he can't come to the sleepover. It's been a while since we've had like real good bitsy meddling. <laughs> Buster's mom just just working her way back into the story here, and Arthur is incensed. Like he's just, like it's it's his high. first
0: sleepover. It's
1: as high as his register goes. There's a lot riding on this. Just like what?
0: <laughs> he, I did notice that. That's a great take.
1: Yeah, uh, I'll also say here. Sorry, I missed a little interlude where. Uh, Uh, You know, Arthur and DW talking about the alien. Arthur says, I don't believe in UFOs. DW's got this, this, like, child's Polaroid camera that it looks like a Polaroid camera, but the top of it has, like, bunny ears and bunny eyes, so it's, like, made for kids. But it works basically the same. DW accidentally, like, takes a picture of herself. It makes a cute little... Beeping noise whenever it takes a picture. It's I really could, satisfying.
0: I could see it being sold at like an Urban Outfitters mm. or something. Or in the Sears Wish Book. Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> uh, Arthur says that he d- doesn't believe in UFOs, like you said, mm. even though that alien life is extremely mathematically likely. I don't mm. know if that math checks out, Arthur. I think mm. he just doesn't believe that aliens have visited Earth yet. Mm. Yeah,
1: I mean. There's a lot of ways that you can take that. Perhaps, perhaps, just means that he doesn't believe in all this talk about UFO mm. sightings. Maybe that's what he means. So Arthur, in true eight-year-old fashion, gets his mom to call Buster's mom to sort this out because it would be incredibly odd for him to call Buster's mom and have a have a real talk with her
0: he's trying to give her tips on what to say like Sarah no style like whispering in her ear and th- a choice quote is he goes and tell her he's not a baby
1: <laughs> yes he's not and this this is kind of uh, this is an example of Bitsy kind of babying Buster because she, she thinks he'll be scared. Uh, so all we get is mom's side of the conversation with Bitsy.
0: Which I think is a genius choice by the writers. I think this is actually a really effective way of showing, like, because Bitsy could be really annoying. Mm-hmm. This is a way of showing Bitsy's meddling without annoying the audience too much. Like, our, imagine fi- our imagination fills in the blanks of what Bitsy could be possibly saying to Buster's mom in this moment.
1: Especially so quickly. She seems to be talking a mile a minute.
0: Yeah, so I thought it was actually, it was better to uh, not tell, show not tell this in this, yeah. in this uh, instance
1: and weirdly enough um, they have Bitsy at the end of the conversation like mom doesn't get a word in at all and then at the end Bitsy just apparently agrees to let Buster go so I, I have no idea what she could have said there and it really kind of makes me wonder like okay so why did we do that then that didn't really come to m- very much uh, DW coming back into a role that she took in uh most prominently in my mind in Arthur's pet business just kind of stating her intentions here if i spent all night in a tent i definitely see a spaceship i'm like oh you're going to be the foil of this episode <laughs> no i don't you think don't that, say.
0: I, I don't think that's going to come back i don't think that's going to be important
1: <laughs> uh buster assures his mother that he won't be scared he uses the phrase absolutely positively. pretty clever for Kids show. That took me a while to figure out when I was younger. Poe buddy's Nerfect. That's right. Uh, you know, some people, it, it drives me crazy because Poe Buddy's Nerfect makes sense because you're reversing letters. Uh-huh. Other people are like, Mo Buddies Nerfect. And I'm like, where's the M come from? <laughs> you're just pulling that out of nowhere.
0: It's Dude. even more imperfect, Will.
1: Poe buddy's Nerfect, indeed. Uh, <laughs> then we get a series of dreams here where everybody, we get to take a peek into everybody's uh kind of anxieties at the moment. God,
0: this is, like, there's so many levels to why this works. Like, this is, (laughs)
1: I'll
0: I'll get into it, start running them down, but I just want to say, I loved this part so So much. So,
1: the first, I, I I liked parts of this. Buster's dream is, um... You know, he f- falls asleep, and he dreams that he goes to Arthur's for the sleepover. And for some reason, Arthur and the Brain are dressed as, a- like, they have astronaut bodies. Like they're wearing astronaut suits, but not the helmets. And their eyes are, like, swirling green. And, you know, he says hi, and then they kind of turn to him, and I wrote down what they said. Arthur, and it's in this weird kind of, like, wa- warbly, like, voice, modulator voice. And it's just, very high concept. Yeah, just like... Arthur says, recto, <laughs> And Brain says, Unguardable, flangardable, <laughs> <laughs> And then right here, this really stood out to me because it's Buster's dream, and this gets... Like, he has what I call a Tex Avery reaction to them being aliens. It's like
0: three... Like, it's, it's Looney tunes that I wrote that down as well. It's very Looney Tunes. Bu- very, uh, the real Ghostbusters.
1: Yes. Buster, like, like a real Slimer reaction. Yeah. Buster's, like, jaw drops to the ground. Then his eyes bug out along with his tongue. And then, like, he does a, like, he's like, he says, like, you guys are aliens. And he's, like, shivering like Scooby-Doo. Or but shaggy. you
0: could tell they really wanted to do, if this was a homage to Looney Tunes or something like that, they put a lot of effort into it. It's exceptionally well animated. Mm-hmm. It really stands out uh, against the rest of the episode, just pure frame quality-wise of yeah. all the frames of animation. And, and
1: it's so strangely... Cartoony that mm. it, it's we're so used to seeing a more straighter style of animation. They must have really relished these uh, couple this couple of frames here. And then at the end of Buster's dream, they kind of have these like tractor beams in their palms, and he, they're just slowly pulling Buster towards them to do something nefarious. And then Buster wakes up,
0: and when he wakes up, you expect this kind of thing to be like. Uh, it, this happens all the time in shows where people kind of like scream and yeah. their eyes pop up. Buster has a super reali- realistic reaction where his eyes open. He goes, that was scary. And then his eyes close again. He goes back to sleep. Very good. matter of fact. It was awesome.
1: I thought that was really funny. Uh, then we go to the brain's dream, which is uh, – a a pair of aliens have crash landed a flying saucer onto his lawn, and Brain is like in the dirt tinkering with it, and the aliens are kind of like measuring his head to see how big it is, and then basically it's just Brain having a dream that he's fixing this alien spaceship, and it's like a good dream; it's not a nightmare. Yeah, or anything. he's like happy about it. And then finally, Arthur's is very simple in comparison. <laughs> Arthur's is just the dream is he and Brain and Buster are. Uh, outside camping, and then DW runs out and says, "Arthur, Mom and Dad say you have to let me sleep over with you." And then he wakes up screaming.
0: Yeah, that's it's the that's that's what I realized the genius of having Buster kind of no uh, no sell his dream mm-hmm. is having Arthur have the super big overreaction yeah. to the idea of DW encroaching on his plans.
1: Yeah, it works really well. After all the dreams, uh, Arthur is again setting up the tent because it's presumably Saturday. I loved this because. Because Arthur like is bringing stuff. He's trying to bring the TV out to the yard, and Pal holds the door open for him.
0: Oh, I didn't even notice Pal that. Pal pushes the door open and lets him through because Arthur can't do it himself. I what, was too busy a, obsessing over the fact that dog. kids and their outdoor TVs, man. This is the second time in this show kids have brought up, like, I want to have an outdoor TV. I want to be outside and watch television at the same time.
1: I got to say, like, I really applaud Arthur's ingenuity here because that's absolutely, like, the first thing you would want is you would want... Is it? Yeah. Like, if you could. I mean, come on. Especially if it's in your backyard. Like, I'm not much for camping. Like, you've camped with your dad, right? Oh, yeah. Right. So I'm not... I'm more of a, a glamping type of person. Sure. And uh, I would love a TV if I could bring it. Like, I was thinking, like, you get the extra-long extension cord out there. Maybe we're talking, like, okay, some N64 out there. That's
0: the oh, that's Some the Smash
1: one. Brothers Under the Stars. See, that's
0: the one instance where I think that's okay. Like, if they're just, like, trying to watch, like, reruns of Threes Company, it's like, what's the point? But if you have perhaps a Super Nintendo, and a copy of NHL 94. Yeah. That is a good way to spend a boys' night. That's right.
1: I mean, there's a couple of... Logistical things, like if there's any dew on the grass whatsoever, that TV is real dangerous. But, you know, he's an eight-year-old. I I applaud him for thinking, like, he got the extra-long extension cord, so he's good to go. Except he gets shot down by by No Fun Dad over here who says, wouldn't you guys rather look up at the stars and trade cool stories? And my immediate answer is no. (laughs) Arthur was born in the 90s. No kid wants to look up at the stars and trade cool stories when they could have a TV. Come on!
0: I'm with Arthur's dad. There's an important lesson to be learned here. They're I, in the '90s, right? They can see a lot more stars than we can with all the smog. <laughs> I'm just,
1: I'm, I'm just, I'm just joshing. I mean, yeah. dad, dad, dad's really in the right place here. It's all about bonding as friends. But like, when you're, when you're a kid, come on, of course you need a TV. <laughs> like, what else are you gonna? What else facilitates your friendship? Um, DW. Uh, is a spying on Arthur and Dad from the tree with Arthur's bionic bunny binoculars, uh, and DW actually gets like an unintentional invasion of the body snatchers reference in here. She's mm. like, "How do we know he's our real dad and not an alien who took over his body?" And you know, you're half expecting Dad to be like, "DW, <laughs> <laughs> DW,
0: <laughs>
1: Donald gets, Sutherland face."
0: DW gets a lot of the uh, the kind of Buster hypotheses mm. in this episode. Mm.
1: She's allowed to kind of be a bit more conspiracy theorist with mm. it. And dad kind of is trying to call her in to clean up her room. Uh, and she's like, but dad, spaceships.
0: <laughs> yeah. Dad, I'm looking for UFOs. Well, that was it. So it's the
1: night of the sleepover. And the first thing that, you know, brain says, you know, the great outdoors. The first thing Buster says is when the TV fit out here. So they were expecting this, and this is a they're going to have to really uh, work on the fly to rework their plans. Man, and, I
0: thought we were going to have a Blades of Steel tournament. Oh yeah,
1: that would be awesome. I, did, I dibs on New York. <laughs>
0: oh, that's fine. I got Montreal all day.
1: Oh, let's do it. I have Blades of Steel on the Wii.
0: I have Blades of Steel on the Nintendo Entertainment System.
1: Nice, uh, classic. Me, and not, my little sister. Not, not sorry, not the NES Classic, the
0: actual yeah, the NES. Yeah, actual NES. Which yeah, I, that's one of those games I was. Designing point it wasn't on the NAS. Me too. I really wanted Man, it. Man, Blades of Steel. Hockey should adopt the Blades of Steel rule of only the loser of the fight goes <laughs> to the penalty box. Yeah.
1: There should also be a Gradius knockoff. Exactly. After this at halftime. <laughs> Man, that game is so good. Blades. It's so it's so simple.
0: When you turn it on and the voice is like, Blaze of, of steel. steel. Blaze of Steel. Sh- What's sh- sh- the pass. Uh, What's yeah, the pass. I forgot about the power. He's like, What's the pass. Face off. It's the same guy who did the voice acting for Altered Beast. Rise from your grave.
1: B-17 bomber. (laughs) Uh,
0: Run, run, run. Coward. (laughs) Uh, Scares me down. So scary.
1: uh, Arthur's Arthur's just like, no, my dad says we shouldn't bring the TV out here because we have the stars and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, and stuff. Uh, So DW immediately tries to assert herself into the sleepover and Arthur immediately shuts her down and we get into a bit of a because war, which is as juvenile
0: as it Gets. It's very Abbott and Costello it's almost got a who's on first vibe no it doesn't
1: <laughs> <laughs> who's on first requires like actual joke planning that's this true is, this is just one upping this is just a the, a mutually assured destruction of words this is just because you know it, it, what it is is DW asks why can't I stay with you guys Arthur says because DW says because why Arthur says because because and it continues and it goes on like that Uh and I did. I did like. Eventually, you know, DW is like. You know, she even screams. Is like she's like because 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 why? And I was just like because 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 because. Like even he knows he's running out of steam. Brain tries to help by saying she'd be scared of the dark, and they even like brain even looks at his watch like who do you think's gonna win? <laughs> and then uh, mom calls mom calls the DW, and this is where we get but mom spaceships.
0: Uh, she says, if Earth gets conquered, don't
1: blame me. Yeah, that was great. So, Arthur and his friends are having a little bit of trouble getting adjusted to the tent. I noted here that, so, when they're kind of standing up and trying to get their sleeping bags in, it looks very cramped. Uh, but then, like, they realize they can just open the tent and put their feet out there. And then after the, we see them sitting in it, it looks like the tent is, like, twice as big.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's animation perspective for you. Yeah. I noticed that, too. Um, I've been in this scenario, though. Uh, when I was on base camp in high school, my dad swore he had a four-person tent. It was a two-person tent. At best. So we we had a similar issue of, like, four dudes for high school sized dudes trying to squeeze into this Ugh, two person tent god. so I felt for the, the boys here with them trying to stick their feet out of the bottom the, the, the
1: smell of it my god <laughs> uh, <laughs> they get surprised like they're playing go fish and uh, they notice that the, t- the zipper of the tent is slowly becoming undone and Buster says whatever it is it has flippers <laughs> and then it's but it's dad saying that it's time for bed and they get into a bit of a kerfuffle as they try and sit down in their sleeping back. Bags again, I noted here. Uh, you can hear them kind of say like, like ah, oh, your like your foot's in my eye. Watch my elbow. And I heard Brain saying, "You're standing on my neck." La 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 la. Are you too young for Daria? Do you know what that is? I, I
0: know of Daria. I don't know the reference of okay. what you're making. Um, I hear people love Daria. Daria. She's, she's very much a millennial icon.
1: Daria's fun, and it was a source of like it one of those cartoons that was introduced kids to a lot of different music. Oh, okay. It had a lot of licensed music, which is why it couldn't get on DVD for a long time, was that there was so uh, much licensed music in all the episodes. The
0: freaks and geeks effect.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Brain suggests it's time to tell ghost stories, and Buster says uh, suggests they play a game called Sloppy Sixes. I wrote this down as well. What is Sloppy Sixes? So, I looked it up. Now, the only thing that Google came <laughs> back with for Sloppy Sixes was people on various forums asking, what's in the, in the episode Arthur's Sleepover, what is sloppy sixes? Uh, but I will say, I ran into this question on the Muppet Forum. Okay. And I also ran into this question on the Elwood City Central Forum.
0: Oh. So
1: I checked it out. Elwood City Central Forum. Uh, it looks like we're a couple of years too late, though. There were a maybe a handful of posts from 2017, but not exactly very uh, very active.
0: Eventually, you got to the Bodybuilders Forum, and they were like, what is sloppy sixes? <laughs> uh, guessing right now, I would assume it's crazy eights, but instead of eight being the crazy one, mm-hmm. six is the sloppy one. It's
1: got to be. Buster kind of hypes it up as this super cool game. <laughs> like,
0: okay. You have expected it to be like, Or we could play Magic the Gathering. Yeah, that's a
1: super cool
0: game. (laughs) Yeah, quote unquote, super cool.
1: I will note one of the users on uh, Elwood City Central Forum had the screen name, Will the Arthur and Buster Fan. (laughs) And I had to make sure that it wasn't me. At this point, Arthur notices a light that's kind of going back and forth on their tent door. And Brain says, I don't hear any footsteps, and then Buster immediately crumbles. He just goes, because it's not of this world. (laughs) It's from another planet. (laughs) Aliens! Like, he just, like, he freaks. Like, he gets all claustrophobic, and then, like, the tent basically collapses. And then, of course, it was DW shining a flashlight from her room. But then they hatch a scheme. They decide to hatch a scheme to get back at DW. Uh Arthur brings her camera back into her room. And I like this here uh where you know Arthur says, "I was just bringing your camera back to you." And then from off-screen you can just hear Dad go, "DW, Arthur, go to bed." <laughs> yeah, he
0: sounds really like not impressed with this whole situation.
1: Mm-hmm. So we get a little montage of the guys making something, including the sneaking music where they're kind of going from the garage to the other part of the house. They're, they're fixing to get DW's goat, which they definitely do. They put like, they take a sleeping bag and they, they draw a picture of this green alien monster and put it up to DW's window and make a bunch of, uh, bunch of noises, and it's a really, really well-done alien drawing for the three of them. It looks pretty, looks pretty good, and of course, it gets DW, like, crazy. She tries to take a picture of it and, like, screams, like, Mom, Dad, aliens, and then, but in taking the picture with her bunny camera, she notices, that like, the sleeping bag and, like, the pole that's holding it up to the window. Then she comes outside to confront them about it, and then all of a sudden, they hear a strange noise, a noise that sounds quite like a UFO, and at first... They nobody seems in on it. In this one, it really gets DW. She's like,
0: G- could it? Could it be? It's also accompanied by this like knockoff Close Encounters music.
1: Yeah, like... Ooh, like a little, yeah. little, little theremin in there. Yeah, uh, And then she sees what looks to be a UFO in the sky. And she starts taking pictures of it frantically. Just like, I'm rich! I'm rich! I'm a wealthy child!
0: <laughs> what a good line. And
1: then the UFO descends... And it turns out this is a this is a two-stage con. This is the this they might as well have incepted into DW's dreams because Arthur Buster and the Brain made this amazingly functional UFO out of what looks to be a pie tin and like a toy trumpet. Well, we've talked. It about, looks
0: really good. We've but. talked about Arthur predicting the future before. This is another case where I wrote down. <laughs> Did Arthur invent drone technology?
1: <laughs> well, it is the brain, so he's been he's been known to make miracles out of you know. Did Barack Obama
0: edits. call up the brain, and he was like, "Brain, <laughs> I'm not going to even attempt to further do another Barack Obama." Uh, is this the brain? Uh, brain. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, wondering if you could do me a favor. Uh, we're, uh, looking to, uh, get some drone technology. Like you had in, uh, Arthur's sleepover. Heard
1: you, uh, made a
0: homemade drone out of, uh, pie tin. <laughs> Joe Biden's a, like... A trumpet? Joe Biden's like, brain buddy, I need you to do us a favor. It's me, Joe Biden. It's me smoking Joe Biden.
1: Diamond Joe Biden. Diamond Joe Biden. <laughs> Malarkey. That's a, that's a good that's a good Obama. I think your Obama's pretty good. I don't I can't I don't I haven't heard Joe Biden speak enough to know if that's any good or if I, that's just you yelling.
0: I I think I that's what I I c I don't know I don't know what the last time I heard Joe Biden speak was, but <laughs> I just I see pictures of Joe Biden with those sunglasses on and I picture him being like, It's I'm Joe Biden.
1: He is a cool guy and yes. doesn't doesn't afraid of anything.
0: Certified cool dude, Joe Biden.
1: So DW's a little hurt by this. Like she actively admits like they got her and they're celebrating, and then they then she like walks back to the house defeated, and then Arthur just uh, kindly offers to uh, let her stay with them. Uh, but then eventually she gets bored because they're just playing go fish, and she's <laughs> she and like in a real little kid way just like this this is boring. I'm going to bed. Like just throws the cards down, just like I'm out of here. And then finally for the end of the episode, they stretch out once again in the tent, and they continue to play go fish. So Arthur's first sleepover seems to be a success. And now, a word from us kids.
0: and now a word from
1: us kids. So this one was also about a sleepover. It was about a second grade sleepover at a local Boston area school.
0: I never had a school sleepover. Ever.
1: I th- I think I did, but I'm not sure if I participated in it. It may have happened for a lower grade when I was higher. Uh, but I think this is a pretty cool idea.
0: It seems to me, it seems crazy. Like it seems nuts. Like the idea of like sleeping at your school. I don't know. That just seems buck wild to me. <laughs> I don't
1: um, it seems like something that maybe you wouldn't be able to get away with anymore. I
0: don't know. Or you'd have
1: I- more trouble with.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not entirely certain.
1: Anyway, I like the idea. The only thing I'm not crazy about is that, you know, they're talking about the second grade sleepover. They got tents out. They've got their like fuzzy slippers on. they uh, one of the kids has like this huge stuffed bear that I really want. And but the only the only drawback seems to be when they're sleeping in like what looks to be either a classroom or the gym. They're sleeping on those hard linoleum floors. That's going to mess up your hip. It's going to be bad.
0: Oh, it's good for your character.
1: (laughs) Um, Now, I said that it was a local Boston-area school. Uh, You know, later on in the segment, they have, like, some of the parents who are there uh, reading Arthur's stories. And notably, Arthur goes to camp, they seem to be reading from. And you see a group of them, and you can hear the voice of the woman reading. And they're reading one of Arthur's letters home. And she says, I think I can remember (laughs) how to get home. (laughs) Love, Arthur (laughs) and I love that love that delivery it seemed pretty cool like second grade sleepover well and also
0: this uh, let me know that the uh, Arthur's first sleepover is actually an Arthur book as well I hadn't realized Mm. because they're reading from that later on that's right Um, which is weird it's kind of weird to see the episode and then see how the original Mark Brown story kind of portrays the episode right afterwards yeah there's like already little differences you can spot just from those two pages we hear read
1: in the book it doesn't seem to be a Moral like it seems like they scare DW and then just like and party all night like they don't sleep get lit And now to the second half of the episode, it's Arthur's New Year's Eve. So this is all about Arthur's struggle to stay awake on New Year's because he's he's been convinced for years that he's missing out on something. So he says, three years ago I tried, so this would have been when he was five years old, DW would have been one. But he fell fell asleep at eight o'clock and missed it uh then when he was 6 he tried to stay awake longer and got until 10:17 he's also wearing some kind of strange like i'm struggling to figure out how to like if he was working in the rice fields a little bit like one of those hats like, pointed. Oh,
0: I forget what those... Like, Raiden from Mortal Kombat. Yes,
1: very much. Yeah, he does. He looks like he's wearing his Raiden hat, sure.
0: Or those guys from Big Trouble in Little China.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, and then I like this here. Like, Arthur kind of keels over, and DW, like, gives him a proper burial with her blankie over him. Just, like... Like presumably to keep him warm But it goes over his head too So it looks like you know Press F to pay respects to Arthur Oh my goodness Uh, And then last year when he was seven He found a way that he was convinced Would keep him awake Which was to open up Loud noisemakers that you have to pull like uh, like Christmas crackers almost, yeah. uh, and they seem to work at first, but then he just loses the strength and he keels over and like slams his head on the wood floor. Yeah,
0: face first. He takes a face first bump. Yeah,
1: it's like it's nuts. It, it looked like it really hurt. So Arthur's decided that he's not going to stay up at all. That's I I felt that there was a uh, another uh, we had. Um, uh, Corbin Corbin Garcia, who made us a meme this week of uh, you know can't get your bike stolen if you don't know how to ride a bike. Yeah, I, I wrote this down too. I, felt, I, I think. felt like there was one of those in here of like, but I but I couldn't I couldn't get the words to it. I couldn't get the wording to it. Oh,
0: I, I, let me look for it because I, I apps I came to the exact same conclusion and I wrote it down. Give okay. me a second. Keep talking.
1: Sure, sure. Uh, so yeah, Arthur is not keen on staying up anymore, as we'll find out in the oh, episode.
0: I got it. Yes. Uh, you can't fall asleep before New Year's if you don't stay up at all. <laughs> that's, that's all right. It's right. funny that our brains went to the exact same spot. Yeah, it is. Uh, also, while he's giving us this intro, he's putting up a, a calendar that, like, the next year's calendar. Yes. Yep. And it's got those three D I pictures. Mm-hmm. Never been able to get those to work for me. me neither. Me I'm neither. Right. Like the guys in Mallrats. Just, <laughs> I can't get it to work.
1: Yeah. Me neither. And they're having Arthur and Pal are having quite a bit of trouble. Uh, so to start off the episode, Arthur's trying to make his bed, but once again, Pal gets in in on his work, and Pal jumps right on the bed, and he just starts kind of messing around with him, and uh, I, th- I thought that was kind of fun. Mom is letting Arthur and DW know that she and Dad are going to be going out for New Year's, which is cool, hot date, and um, she's letting Arthur know that uh, he has her permission to stay up until New Year's, which... Didn't seem to be a problem the last three years, but whatever. Uh, now that he officially has permission, but he says, uh, uh, no, it's okay, I don't want to. DW's like, he must be sick. <laughs> I'll vol- I volunteer to stay up for him. She really wants to stay up for New Year's, and this, this got... This got pretty meta right here for the end of season one. Like we're 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 tearing down everything.
0: I I know you said you've been watching TNG lately. Yes, uh, and this was very TNG
1: (laughs) Uh, because she says that you can you know basically you'll be able to stay up when you're older. And D W essentially her line is it's like I never get any older. What if I'm trapped in some kind of time warp and I'll never get any older? Is that my fault? (laughs) And it's like ooh that's. Eww, kind of looking at the seams of everything here, because it's true. She'll never be Arthur's age, as she even says, "I'll never be Arthur's age." He's always going to be three years older than me, which I thought was funny. So yeah, Arthur doesn't really seem to have a uh, a uh, like an agenda to this or anything. He's not like trying to beat the system by uh, you know saying he won't stay up. He even says on his way out the door as he's putting on his winter jacket, and DW is trying to like get the truth out of him. Like he holds at the door and he just says. I'm too mature to care anymore, <laughs> which I loved. And I'm sure... The delivery was spot on. I feel like I, I used that line when I was eight years old, like after Arthur yeah. did. Like, I'm too mature to care anymore. I thought that was really funny. Um, I will say here, this this goes for the whole episode. Once again, great animation all throughout. I felt it was really expressive, and I thought that it the, the movement of it was really fluid. I, I really thought that this was... Uh, they were... Maybe using up the rest of the animation budget, and it clearly went into this episode. It's a very consistent
0: pair. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, So then we begin the theme that Arthur finds out from his friends uh, different ways in which the new year commences. So the first one is that Prunel is walking by his house as he's playing, like he's kind of throwing snowballs with Pal. And, uh, you know, he says, you know, I'm not staying up till New Year's. And prunell's like, you'll miss the green flash. So her idea of what happens at New Year's, and apparently this is backed up with, like, her actually doing it. So she's either lying or this actually happened, is that at, on New Year's, everybody gathers in this one spot, and there's a big flash of green light to signify the new year.
0: So is this, like, I had, okay, is this made up for the show, or is this, like, a common piece of folklore because I remember hearing about this as a kid, but I'm pretty sure it's just from this Arthur episode. I, you know
1: what i I looked I, up I looked up sloppy sixes, but I didn't look up <laughs> the green flash. I can't believe it. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to outsource that one. It just I, seems, I don't know. It
0: seems it seems too weird to just be made up. Yeah, because because
1: she never she never explains what the green flash is. It's just that there is one, and people know that that's the new year.
0: Hmm. Um. The a great tra- transition right after she tells Arthur this where we, we get to see an actual green flash mm-hmm. as it uh, tre- teleports Arthur to the next location, essentially.
1: Uh, and, of course, if there's no green flash, then it stays the same year for a whole other year. And she says, like, she says, see ya. Happy New Year. Maybe. <laughs>
0: Very honest.
1: Uh, and then we, so then the next, you know, couple of minutes is Arthur going from friend to friend, and the friend refuting the la- the previous one and putting forth their own theory on what happens on New Year's. The next one is Francine, and this is,
0: mm,
1: okay. So I don't I'm
0: particularly fond of Francine. I, I don't know
1: if this is my favorite. But this is—I I laughed out loud at this and had to pause the episode. This was hilarious. It's
0: not just the concept, too. It's the way it's edited and like—it's the whole. There, it's there's whole a frenetic pace to yeah. this that makes it really hit home. So
1: what it is is that Francine is saying that the idea is when it turns midnight on New Year's Eve and it becomes New Year's Day of the new year, you have to throw out your calendar immediately, or because it's illegal to own a calendar from the previous year.
0: And there's also you forgot the the biggest part is the way this law is enforced is that there's a New Year's task force.
1: That's right. The, so what well I was I was I was getting to that because the way Francine illustrates this in her like Uh, whatever sequence, is that her whole family is around the table literally watching the clock as it goes to midnight, and it goes to midnight as they count down, and they all get up, and you just see Oliver go, do it! Do it now! And they're all, like, passing... Passing, uh, like Francine throws the calendar, Catherine slams it into the trash, and then Mrs. Frensky hucks the trash can at Oliver and he runs out to the front, like to the front curb, and in unison, everybody in the block slams down their garbage can it's and like dust their hands off. It's
0: like they're defusing a bomb or something. <laughs> it's hilarious.
1: <laughs> and you're right, because she says, you have to make sure to do it, or else the New Year's police will get you. And we get a little aside here. Uh, where he, he, Arthur says I hope Grandma Thora knows about the New Year's police and it's Arthur's imagination that Grandma Thora doesn't know and Grandma Thora gets booked yeah. by the New Year's police brought in for illegal <laughs> calendar activity it's it's crazy it's pretty it's awesome it's crazy <laughs> uh, so the next one we get is Binky now the reason I wasn't too fast to say which one was my favorite because this would be the other contender
0: Binky starts us off I was immediately interested in what Binky had to say because he goes listen Arthur I've seen the deal go down. <laughs> and immediately I was like, I trust Binky more than anybody else at this point. He
1: is a year older, so he would know what he's talking about.
0: <laughs> and at first I did think Binky's was actually the true reality because sure. it shows him in front of the TV and his parents are asleep. And I right. go, okay, this is way less fantastic.
1: And he's eating chips or whatever. And so Binky's is that on New Year's Eve, there is a wrestling match between an old man with a giant beard uh, who is uh, like father timer or something, and he fights, the, and he has a cane.
0: Well, it's, it's a play on the New Year's baby and yeah. the, the old baby, where it's like the first baby born in the new year is the New Year's baby, and the baby, the last baby uh, before the New Year is usually represented in art and stuff as like an old man.
1: Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, okay. that's what that is. And fighting the New the New Year's baby. So, but it's in like it's in a it's in a squared circle. That's it's right. A, it's a wrestling match. It's wrestling. So,
0: so of course I love it. Let's go spot for spot. New Year's baby <laughs> botches a gorilla press slam. <laughs> Like, because he the New Year's baby didn't have the strength to hold it up. And so he botches the Gorilla Press slam, which allows the old man to escape and capitalize.
1: That's right, because Binky It's said, a no-DQ match! Binky says even though the old man is weak, he fights dirty. So what we've got here... Which
0: Binky's very fond of, because what, it's awesome, because the old man fights dirty. What,
1: what we've got here is the New Year's baby is clearly Sting with the Gorilla Press, and the dirty old man is Ric Flair. And he produces a giant baby bottle from Behind this, like right, like I don't know how he distracted the ref, but obviously got this giant bottle and squirts the baby in the face with it, and like Kurt
0: Angle style,
1: yeah, really, it's milkomania has run <laughs> is running wild, and uh, yeah, that apparently means that he won. We never see the pinfall; it's a classic dusty finish. Yeah, that's right. They're going to work the territory and bring this back around for pay per view next, next month, year, next year. Yeah, um, uh, Binky says if the baby wins, the new year begins, but if the old guy wins, the baby has to go live with a groundhog. And there's six more weeks of winter.
0: I love that extra bit. Like this could have just been a joke about uh, Binky interpreting New Year's as a wrestling match, but they had to add that extra bit of lore at the end, <laughs> where you got to live with the Groundhog Day groundhog.
1: It's it's kind of a tip off that maybe Binky's just kind of making this up because he constru, <laughs> like he just mixes it up with Groundhog Day. But hey, I love it when we get wrestling and Arthur. So that was great. Uh, Then after that, Buster has a much different idea.
0: Which at this point I wrote down. How is Arthur able to hang out with so many people in a 24-hour period? I feel like I'm lucky to hang out with two people in a day max. Being able to hang out with every single one of your friends individually—that's
1: the joy of being on winter break, bro. When I can't even do
0: that in my persona game. The cat tells me to go to bed first.
1: <laughs> when you're when you're a kid, what else do you have to do during your winter break but go see all of your friends uh, and get their opinions on New Year's? So Buster, his idea is that it's more based around where the grown-ups go. And they go to a secret meeting, which essentially ends up being a roast of their kids <laughs> when they're not there. And it's like a, it's like a friars club meeting where they're all dressed up and there's like a stand-up comedian dad who's just like, you know, I told my kids that eating spinach was good for them, but just because I love to see the look on their faces when they try to eat it. Because Buster's idea is, again, classic conspiracy here. That's right. Some sort of adult Illuminati. That's right. And they are keeping things from kids, like the fact that spinach isn't good for you, it just tastes bad, and they like to see you suffer. And the other one is that uh, an older woman says, okay, everyone, do we agree that there will be no allowance increases this year?
0: That's right. They all decide on their pointless rules to torture the children for Mm. the coming year.
1: Also worth noting that in this uh, scene Buster is shown dipping a chicken drumstick into ice cream. I did not notice that. Into vanilla ice cream. So Buster's weird taste his epicurean tastes continue. We also get a cool transition here. You noted about the green flash earlier. This one is where Buster puts something in the toaster and then it springs up and it becomes a UFO wipe to the next scene.
0: That's right Arthur. uh, I think before we go to the next scene, Arthur's like, "I thought you were going to say something about aliens." And then Buster goes, "Who do you think organizes the meetings?" Right,
1: Goblin vomit.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, he had to apologize today. Apparently, he's a character. Anyway, yeah. keeping Elwood City limits topical,
1: Alex Alex Jones is as much a character as Buster Baxter, and <laughs> vice versa. We go back to the Reed household. DW's practicing ways to stay awake. First of, by pinching herself and loudly saying "ow," and then. Uh, Arthur kind of comes in and sees her, and then she unveils her other secret weapon.
0: Another great uh, animation touch. She's kind of looking upside down. She's laying down on her bed with her back on her bed when mm-hmm. Arthur comes in. So when we cut to DW's view, the camera's upside down, which that's, is a really just great small touch.
1: That's right. Uh, and she, her other secret weapon is that she puts an ice cube down her back to make her kind of go nuts. And that'll help to keep her awake, like dancing a jig, basically. And but th- and this is where Arthur, after hearing all of the theories, decides that he wants to stay up an- until New Year's.
0: Is this where DW comes up with her iced tea tagline? Is when she puts the ice cube down her back, is that when she says, boy, that's brisk? Or yeah, that later? she
1: does say, boy, that's brisk.
0: Boy, that's brisk.
1: <laughs> Lipton, in brisk iced tea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so then it gets to the night where um, mom and dad are getting ready to go, and DW's begging mom to stay up late. And then there's this cute moment with mom and dad where they're dressed in these... Awesome-looking jackets, by the way. Very fashionable. And Dad just kind of grabs Mom. They do a little slow dance number. I thought that was really cute. So Grandma Thor is coming over to babysit them. Uh, Arthur, again, saying that now he is determined to stay up until New Year's. And the great one here is... Like Arthur and Grandma Thor are talking on the couch and D.W. is kind of curled up with a book. And she says, did anyone notice that I'm on my best behavior? She's <laughs> hoping to suck up in order to stay up as late as she can.
0: D.W. comes up with actually a couple of ingenious ideas on how to stay up or, or how to um, trick Grandma Thor and Arthur into letting her stay up. That's
1: right. Uh, you know, she first takes an alarm clock in her hand as she's being tucked in. She's you know, like, I will not fall asleep. Uh, but, of course, that doesn't, that doesn't exactly work out. Uh, Arthur and Grandma Thor are playing Go Fish. Lots of Go Fish in this episode. The the owners of Go Fish must have had stock in Arthur.
0: One on one Go Fish doesn't seem that fun to me. No. Well, I think that's all
1: I've played it, and I mean it works fine.
0: I, I but I, th- but you know what? I'll be honest with you. I think it might be over a decade since the last time I played Go oh, Fish.
1: Easily. Uh, you know, it used to be Go Fish and Crazy Eights and maybe a game of War here I'm and there. I'm
0: more an Uno man these days. I
1: have a I have a game of Uno and I haven't and I haven't played it. Oh my god. I mean, I no no, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. played Uno, but,
0: but recently. Let me tell you will. Uno is is savage. You think Magic the Gathering is violent? You'll never know the sorrow of sitting next to someone who just keeps stacking up those pick up four cards. Yeah, it's
1: the Mario Party 2 of card games. Oh, um, everybody,
0: Uno, everybody play.
1: Uh, DW comes down to say that she's thirsty. <laughs> uh, oh, and Arthur and Grandma Thor are also having a thumb war. Uh, you know, saying, like, oh, she's thirsty. and But that's, of course, to get more ice so that she can drop it down her back and stay awake.
0: I wrote down some point. She says, "I think this is earlier." She says, "Who needs you? I got plenty of ice," mm. which is which would make a great future lyric. <laughs> yeah. Like Percocet, Molly, Molly Percocet. Who, who needs you? Got I got plenty, plenty of ice. ice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good.
1: Uh, Arthur meme alert here, uh, as they are practice, practicing, doing their practice run for New Year's, the shot of Arthur with the, like, kazoo and the noisemaker. I've definitely seen that before mm. in, Arthur, in Arthur meme or two. Then DW says that she had a bad dream that polar bears were chasing her around the North Pole. Definitely use this one to try and stay up earlier, did I?
0: Oh, yeah? Stay up later,
1: did I? Yeah, I totally aped it from you Arthur. You faked the
0: bad dream? Yeah. Well, I guess while we're talking about uh, strategies to stay up earlier, I only ever tried to do this with Christmas. Later. Uh, mm-hmm. straight stay up later. I only tried to do this with Christmas because I had in my head I was gonna catch Santa mm-hmm. um, so one year nope. or no actually. Uh, yeah, so I wanted to catch Santa. I wanted to stay up. So I put all my wooden blocks under my pillow nice. to make it purposefully uncomfortable. Didn't work. I fell asleep on the wooden blocks. Ah, okay. And then another year, I my theory was I was going to wake up early so I could open my presents at 4 a.m. Okay. So I drank as much water as possible. Because oh, no. I heard that's what the Ooh. First Nations did to prepare for a battle the next day. Whoa, so I drank okay. like eight eight glasses of water. I puked. Uh, oh, I drank so much oh, liquid, I puked. Geez.
1: Well, A for effort, I guess. Uh, So DW immediately kind of springs up. is like, now that I'm up, might as well stay up to New Year's. And it seems to be maybe at this point like 45 minutes, half an hour away. Arthur's feeling a little tired. So Grandma Thora says, you just close your eyes and I'll wake you up if you fall asleep. And, of course, that's the trap. Arthur falls asleep and he's past being woken up. Uh, Grandma Thora and DW stay up until the clock hits midnight. DW's a little disappointed. She was expecting more. Just like, that was it? What a chip. I'm going to bed. But then Arthur wakes up after it goes off, and he's just like, oh, no, I missed it. And then DW just plays it up just like, Arthur, I stayed up till New Year's, and you didn't. It was great. Big explosions, giant mules jumping off cliffs into the ocean. And Ryan Seacrest was there. Yeah, I guess so. Giant mules jumping off of cliffs. That's kind of strange. (laughs) And uh, Arthur is pretty dejected that he missed it once again. And uh, we get a very nice uh, ending line here because this is the end of the episode. Arthur says, uh, it's all over as he's kind of looking out at the snow coming down for the new year. And Grandma Thor says, it's not over. It's just beginning. And Arthur is still pretty sad. He's like, but I missed it all. I tried to stay up and I missed it. And then Grandma's final line is, as long as you remember the terrific things you did last year, you didn't miss a thing. That's what New Year's is really about. That's kind of cool. Like, for something for something like New Year's where it seems, like, a little bit arbitrary to us as adults, like, sometimes it can be kind of, like, a night of drinking, of partying, or maybe it doesn't even mean that much. That's a really cool way to think of New Year's if you don't put a lot of importance into it. And we get... Uh, as the episode ends we get a nice little piano
0: melody over um, an overlay of a season montage that's right this uh It makes sense. I never realized this was the season one finale, Mm -hmm. but now that I have that context, this little moment makes a lot of sense. It it really puts like a stamp on the season that was Arthur of, oh, here's all the fun Arthur and his buddies had throughout the year. Yeah, some of his greatest Uh, hits. I also wrote down this music sounds almost exactly like the Wii Sports menu music. (laughs) Like if you go back and listen to them side by side, it is uncanny.
1: (laughs) So then, and then Arthur, as we hear in voiceover, he promises next year he's going to stay up and see. Everything that his friends said that he sh- that happened on New Year's, and there you go. That's it. That's season one of Arthur
0: in the books. Let's let's roll it
1: back. Uh,
0: Arthur's first sleepover. What'd you think? I really liked Arthur's first sleepover. I think it was. Um one of the most solid just like kind of fun Arthur episodes there's no serious moments in it and it's not really trying to teach a serious lesson but it's got a great ABC like plot Mm -hmm. Uh, it moves like I never felt like it dragged and it has like a lot of laughs in it as well Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's just fun to see the characters have a boys night we've (laughs) never really seen Arthur Brain and Buster just kind of hanging out before especially for a whole episode so I thought it was really fun
1: I appreciated the mix up and dynamic I agree I don't think I was into it as much as you, but I—it is a—it's—it's it's a fun little episode. It uh, like it definitely didn't do anything wrong. It just kind of. Uh, you know, didn't didn't resonate for me as much as other fun episodes have, but yeah, it it was pretty good. Like there were a couple of good laughs. There was the visual, Im- the imagery, as we talked about, was yeah. great in places, and it feels like they really got to cut loose a little bit <laughs> and go a little bit off the beaten path. So I appreciate like it's just it's just a nice little fun one, not so serious as uh, some of the other ones that I've liked in the past can be. Uh, Arthur's New Year, I really liked it. Like it, it, it's um. I, I guess feeling like you know we're done with the first season now, and you, you're right in saying like when it was aired for us, it was always kind of not in sequence. Or at least as I understand it. And so sometimes you would get this and be like, that's a weird place to kind of put an ending montage. But at the end of the first season, it's really nice to see this wrap up. And it kind of starts out as more of a funny episode. And there are genuinely very, very funny moments in here, which I really liked. The animation as well, I really appreciated. And by the end of it, it kind of of pulls this in the last minute. So it's not a totally heartfelt episode or something. But the way it ends it's, just, it's really nice you can't help but
0: feel a little bit sentimental yeah. especially especially I think that's it's one of the episodes that actually really benefits from watching them all in order mm-hmm. uh, and I think this might be one of the first times I've said that like I haven't seen a lot of benefits of watching them in order thus far it, you basically get the same thing as watching them out of order except for this one episode I think really really that helps
1: yeah and uh, yeah no I, I really I really liked it
0: I liked it as well cool it's – uh. I also think we've – I've criticized uh, ensemble episodes before. Yeah. I get the urge that the writers want to have every character have their little moment and their little joke because that's fun to do because the characters are so different. Yeah. But I thought this episode did it in the best way possible mm-hmm. where Arthur's sort of are grounded – audience surrogate we have a character to be invested in in Arthur and so he gets to bounce off and react to everybody's idea of New Year's Mm -hmm. and I'm like okay so that's the right way to do an ensemble episode instead of not really having a main character for the episode Uh, but it's also not just like oh let's hear all these crazy New Year's idea it has that A plot where it's like okay Arthur's gonna He's too mature for New Year's, and actually, this time he's going to stay up. And then, oh, staying up for New Year's isn't what's important. It's the memories we shared together, mm-hmm. and so it has that sentimental bow. It wraps up, so I liked it as well.
1: You're right; it uh, it plays to all of the uh, the secondary characters' strengths, and we ever everybody kind of gets a little moment here. It's and the kind of the most important characters that you remember from the first season: Francine, Buster, Binky, uh even Arthur's parents, Grandma Thora, D.W., and Arthur himself. So I think you're right that that is. Uh, probably the best way that we've seen an ensemble type episode done. That's a very good point. Uh, I wanted to make a couple of notes here about season one. Now that we have ended it, I feel like I should have mentioned this near the beginning of the podcast, but that was like nine nine months ago, or or some sudden No, like maybe more like eight. I don't remember. Back in August 2016, I kind of didn't know where we where we would be going with this. So I'll make the uh, the note here now that season one started production in 1994 and it aired in late 1996, so from October to December 1996. Uh, And it is the longest season to date of 30 episodes. After this, there are no 30 episode seasons.
0: What is the general, is it like 24, 22? No, uh, 10. 10?
1: Yeah. Wow,
0: okay, huh. Interest. I guess they probably wanted to have a bunch in the can before they released it.
1: It pairs it. It pairs it down. So I'll, I'll say this now: like season two has twenty episodes, and then in season three and beyond, the average is usually ten. That's interesting. It usually caps at ten. And the animation and voice acting were uh, done in Montreal, Toronto, South Korea, and Hong Kong. So there you go. So
0: it's. I didn't know it was. A, so it was mainly a Canadian production, huh?
1: Yeah, a lot of talent. Like I think Cinar. Uh, was a big uh, um, part of like the production of it and yeah a lot of Canadian voice talent like as we mentioned before Arthur's voice actor was on another Canadian sitcom and uh, yeah absolutely I don't you know not like the ocean group or anything but uh, Mm -hmm. you know Toronto and Montreal based voice actors so the end of season one where do we go from here well first of all I wanted to say thank you for joining us here for the first season. this is We're going to be wrapping up the show in a little bit. Uh, let me just get these quick plugs out of the way before we move on. Uh, we would love for you to continue to interact with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Elwood City Limits, on Twitter, at ECL Podcast. On Tumblr, elwoodcitylimits.tumblr.com. If you'd like to send us an email, whether it be right on the air or whether it be for our eyes only, Elwood at Gmail.com. And if you would like to listen, of course, as you're doing now, uh, SoundCloud.com slash Elwood City Limits or subscribe to us on iTunes where you can leave a rating and review. By the way, uh, before I forget, there's a couple people that need a shout out. Uh, we got a new review on the Canadian iTunes store. From Big Kroga Doga.
0: Oh my goodness. Thank
1: you very much for uh, the positive <laughs> review.
0: <laughs> I'm just thankful we got to read your name out loud. B-
1: Big Kroga Doga. And I want to thank, uh, and we got a new five star review on our Facebook. And please beg pardon if I if I pronounce this incorrectly. Mayapan? Mayapan. Thank you very much for your five-star review. Very, very grateful are we. Okay, so those are all our plugs out of the way. I wanted to take this time really quickly to talk to you, Lucas, and to talk to our listeners about what I'd like to do for season two. There are a couple things that I would like for you and I to do, and I would uh, encourage this from our listeners as well. First off, um, I think Elwood City Limits needs its own theme song. So this is kind of where I want to put the call out to our fans. There's a couple of things that uh, you don't have to do this. Don't feel under any pressure. We love you all and we appreciate all the support you've given us. However, if you are musically inclined, I think Elwood City Limits needs its own theme song if you're uh into you know producing music if you if you are a mu- musician yourself if you would like to uh put something forward
0: for the elwood city limits theme song we would love to i mean right now if we, you just s- want to take that clip of me and will pretending to be future and turn that into the theme song <laughs> be my guest we will
1: probably feature that on the show maybe not as the theme song. <laughs> but that leads into the other one uh, i would really like to encourage uh you know Over on our social media, we pretty much primarily, if you're not seeing the episode, you're seeing the screen caps that I do featuring captions from either myself or Lucas and the glorious Arthur memes. However, if you have a screen cap that you'd like to share with us, Feel free to do so, and you can add your caption as well. We shared uh, we shared a meme from Corbin Garcia on our social media this week, and if you would like to uh, can do that yourself, we would gladly give you credit. If you'd like to share any art that you've made of Arthur or the podcast, probably Arthur. I don't even i don't I don't know if people know what we look like, but uh, if you if you have any audio, you know, like the audio that I put in an episode that you've made yourself that you'd like to share, uh, screen caps, whatever it is. You can send it in to us Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, or by email. We would love to share your stuff with the world about what Arthur means to you. And we would love to give you credit for it as well. We don't want to you know, pass this off as our own. We want to try and create a community here. It's been so great. And I'm sorry for that I'm talking so much about this. But it's been so Gratifying in this first season of the show that so many people have connected with us and we want to keep that going. We want to try and deepen this connection. It's not for numbers, it's not for money, it's not for even real well, it's a little bit for attention, I won't lie to you. Much
0: like Arthur though, it's for viewers like you. It's true. Thank and,
1: you. And we would really like to get to know you better. So fan submissions, if you would like to give art, audio, screen caps, or even a theme song. Uh we would welcome it at any of the avenues. Coming up next week, it's going to be the start of season two. I will say this, uh, we will have our impressions of season one overall coming as a special episode that's going to be happening near the end of May. Uh, So look out for that one. It's going to include our personal top five episodes. Top five, top five, top five. Our top five Arthur stories. So which ones that we liked the best and we will individually rank them. So if you want our uh, full overview of season one, that is is coming. Don't worry. But next week, it's time to get into Season 2 with uh, one of the biggest episodes in perhaps the entire history of Arthur. Next week, Arthur meets
0: Mr. Rogers. Oh! Oh! Ah! I, I wish I had an air horn right now. That's Buck
1: Wild.
0: The big dog pit bull is in the building. Drop a bomb on it.
1: Exclusive. Exclusive.
0: That's crazy, Will. I had no idea.
1: It's Arthur meets Mr. Rogers and draw. So one, so we go from Jack Perlutsky to our second guest of the show, Mr. Rogers. So there it is. Season one of Elwood City Limits is in the can, and we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for joining us for a full season. And we'll check in again once we're at a full year. What a, uh, what a season it's been. What a season it's been. My name is Will Young. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Elwood City Limits, and thank you all for the support that you've given us. It really keeps us going. Lucas. Oh boy, that's brisk. (laughs) Hope you guys have a great week. We will see you next time on Elwood City Limits. Season two is coming your way.